Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Coaching Radio. We're broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas, and I'm going to state my goal from today for today's radio show right off the bat. As you guys know, we have been working on the 30 things we wish we knew when we were 30, or you know, maybe that's not the greatest title, but still, it's the point. Is that these are great things to know, not just when you're young, but also when you're you know not so young. And these are the 30 things that, frankly, we've gathered from coaching agents for the past 20 years and from our own life experiences, probably the 30 most important things that, again, we wish we'd known when we were 30. And so that's what we're sharing with you today. So my stated goal is to finish that list. So we have four more things on the list for us to knock out today. So we're going to focus on that. So get ready to take notes. Things are going to be coming at you uh, relatively quick. So get ready. Julie, are you on? I am. Okay, perfect. All right, so Julie, we yes, I know it's a beautiful day. Um, So, Mm -hmm. do you have any shout-outs before we get to the next point? We have four more points, and let's get them done. Yeah, we have a lot. Uh, Yes, Uh, you know, (laughs) I I just wanted to shout out to a great client, uh, John in Northern California, who finally has reached what we always coach: fifteen active, triple A, highly motivated, qualified leads of some sort. So now he's branching out into the land of purifying those leads. Who is going to be his March deals? And we did the math together, and we know that he has at least $35,000 worth of deals on his plate right in front of him, and now all he has to do is close them and find them good properties and list them and all of that good stuff. So definitely a big shout-out because I, I see that from a coaching standpoint, and I think you do too, Tim, and when agents get really clear on tracking their leads, purifying their leads, and, and realizing that it's not just, hey, how's it going, but I have the house you're looking for. I'd love to show it to you this afternoon. Let's go ahead and set an appointment. There's a difference between kind of wishy-washy lead follow-up and following up to actually, you know, earn a living. So I think he's crossed over into that, and it's really good to see. That's all. Well, you're reminding me of a coaching call I had this morning with one of the top realtors in California, Mr. Stacy Velnu. And so he and I were talking about the difference between making a contact and setting an appointment. Specifically, what's the difference in the intensity that you have? What specific things are different if you're just calling to make a contact versus if you're calling with the intention mm-hmm. of setting an appointment? Mm-hmm. And this could be lead follow-up. This could be, you know, high-yield calls like, you know, unrepresented owners, a.k.a. FISBOs, expired, mm-hmm. centers of influence, past clients, whatever, right? So it's yeah. not just doing the action. It's actually doing the action with the expectation of a result. So he and I made a list of what basically makes uh, – you know, what's different going on with him when his intent is not mm-hmm. just to make the contact but to get the result. And you know what? It was a pretty darn long list. You know, it's yeah. how he talks. It, it's basically his energy level. But what his big takeaway was, and this was with him making the list, was that he's following a script. He said that. And, you know, that's the truth. Because if you're following a script, guys, and, and we're, you know, obviously any professional is a big believer in scripts, not just in this industry but any industry. We have scripts. All of our coaching clients have, you know, you're using our scripts. We don't expect you to memorize the scripts. We do want you to internalize the scripts and personalize the scripts. I mean, Stacy, for example, he's a surfer dude, you know. He's one of these California guys. He has that, you know, he's, he sounds like a California surfer dude. Mm-hmm. So. 
for him to mm-hmm. use a script in the same way, say, for example, another one of my clients who I was talking with this morning in uh, Manhattan, you know, for him to deliver the scripts uh, like a New Yorker would be, you know, disingenuous at best. So, yes, internalize, yes, personalize, but do follow a script. And then all of you listening right now, and there's typically 100,000 of you that listen on our radio show every day, here's what I want you to think. Think about, consider, you make your own list of what it means for you to work versus work with the uh, a goal of, you know, essentially setting an appointment. The goal of working with the expectation that you're going to have a result. I want you to describe what you feel like, what you look like, what you sound like when you're actually, you know, really drilled down, when you're focused, when you're really truly on that phone or even in person and your 100% focus is actually accomplishing the goal of helping that person, you know, buy or sell a home, i.e. doing business with you, okay? So, you know, it is interesting, isn't it? You stand taller, you talk clearer. Again, you're sounding more professional, probably following a script. You are absolutely laser-focused on everything that person is saying to you. You're listening to what they say. You're responding to what they say by repeating and affirming or, you know, confirming that you heard what they said. In other words, it's a real conversation where you're present. Guys, I hope and pray that all of you know what I'm talking about because you've been in that zone before. And so here's the thought. You can be in that zone all day. It's not that difficult. All it is basically is the, first of all, acceptance of the fact that, guess what, here it comes. Say it at least ten times every radio show. Long-term, ever-increasing success comes from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And for Stacy, that last bit was important because he was going through the effort of making the contacts but not getting the result and just because he admitted the fact that he wasn't really going doing the effort with the intent of getting the result. So don't do that. Do the you know opposite of making it so you're putting in the effort, even if you don't feel like putting in the effort, and you're focused on actually getting the result. Guys, this is what basically, this is a differentiator between a successful person and a non-successful person. They're doing what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level. They're following scripts. They're working when it's crappy outside. They're working when they, you know, have a bad mindset. They're working when they don't necessarily feel the greatest or they had a fight with their spouse. They're doing it anyway, but not just to do it, but to do it to get a result. When you can start training yourself, it doesn't take that long. I promise you, it's easier than you think. And you start doing that every single day. The clouds part. (laughs) The flowers (laughs) start popping up. Everything is better. Everything is easier. When you know every single day you're going to have, you know, your life is going to revolve around doing two or three things at the highest level. We call those your daily minimum standards. And your daily minimum standards are all focused around helping people, putting yourself into action. Helping people in the sense that you're going to help them, um, see through their own confusion about maybe how to sell or buy a home, and then they're going to do business with you, and then you're obviously, because you're helping them accomplish their goal, you're going to help their, you know, in essence, the revenue that will come from that transaction will help you accomplish your goals. So it's really important that you not make this business any more difficult than it actually is. Julie talked about her coaching client. You know, his goal was to have 15 balls in the air in essence. Now it's his goal, obviously, to, you know, drill down and, and, and get some of those closed. This business is so simple if you don't allow all the confusion to enter into it. If you don't allow all the roadshow monkeys that are going to start showing up in your town to start showing you all their secret sauce, magic bullet type things. If you just realize the fact that the the one thing 
that really is the most important thing in this business is truly the mindset of service. And then once you've at least somewhat have internalized that, getting yourself into action with the intent of getting a result. Um, these concepts, for those of you who are not ready for them, are not resonating. I get that because we've been, you know, Julie and I have been in this space for 20 years. And we know when we talk about this stuff, this higher level stuff, some of you conceptually understand it, but you don't. It's not emotionally clicking with you. Uh, I and I and I know I can feel it. <laughs> I know that that's happening. But here's the thing: if you conceptually and intellectually understand and know what we're saying is the truth, which you probably do, okay? Then the next step, even if you're not ready emotionally to make the commitment, if you're one of those people, you need to ask yourself what's standing in your way. And sometimes the answer to what's standing in your way is going to be easily resolved with a coaching call. So request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, others of you, it's resonating. You know what we're saying is true. Um, you've lived like we're describing before. So you know that, you know, basically we're totally clicking right now. For those of you are like that, but you're not really what, sure what actions to take next. You don't really know what steps to take next. You're wanting to do the right thing. You're wanting to do the next thing, but it's overwhelming. You look, check in your email. There's all this crap from all these other, you know, you're hearing all this conflicting information. Well, here's what I want you to do. Email Julie or my, me, myself. I'm sorry, myself. It's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. In most cases, uh, we'll reply to you relatively quick. In some cases, we'll um, direct you guys to set up a coaching call, and then we'll get you past that sort of confusion state. This year, and I think probably realistically for the next probably 10, maybe 15 years, we're going to be experiencing the best time to be in the real estate industry in probably the last 100 years, maybe even more. Um, we've talked about that on the past radio show, why that's true. Go back and listen to past radio shows. All of our radio shows are in, uh, syndicated on Inman. Uh, news features, just go to Inman.com. Or you can, of course, go to Real Estate Coaching Radio and listen to past radio shows. But there's every reason to believe that you're in the right place at the right, th right time. Now it's critical that you take the right actions, okay? Um, so, you know, that's the mindset. That has to be the mindset. That is, when you have that and you start doing what you don't want to do, when you don't want to do it at the highest level, then all of a sudden you're on the phone call with that person, you know, that lead that you're following up on that you were just basically going to, you know, spend three minutes with. And now you find yourself asking more probing questions, you know, and you're following a script, so you're comfortable asking the questions, and you're somewhat practiced at it, so you know what they're going to say next, so it's not uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden you start finding out that, hey, guess what? For every 10 buyer calls, you get five of them houses to sell, which should be your listings. So when you start going through this process, when you start realizing that opportunity is all around you, it's like air molecules, right? Oxygen surrounds you, so, so does opportunity. But if you do not train yourself to see it, you will not find it. You will think it's scarce. There's no scarcity in real estate, none. There's no scarcity of leads, no scarcity of opportunities, no scarcity of listings, no scarcity of money. There's just the scarcity of your mindset being able to absorb it, to grab it, to realize that it's all around you. And, and that's what's magical. When you hear me interview, or Julie interview, one of our top producing uh, coaching clients, you know we coach some of the top agents in the country, one of the things that you're going to hear consistently is you're going to get that vibe from them. 
They don't have a scarcity mindset. They're realizing that it's all around them. And the one thing that drives them nuts is they can't work longer to get more opportunity to come towards them. I mean, that's the difference in how it, my, the mindset of a somebody who's, uh, you know, a, a perpetual top producer versus someone that basically just have, has a good month now and then. So, Julie, without any further delay, you want to jump in? I think we're in point 26 or 27. 26. Forgive, but never forget. If someone wrongs you intentionally or even otherwise, just forgive them. It's not only the godly thing to do, but it's actually a selfless thing for you to do for yourself. Forgiving lets go of the power that the person had over you. But never forget, making a mistake once is a mistake. Making the same mistake twice is just plain dumb. (laughs) So give yourself a break. Forgive, but don't forget. And I see this all the time. Coaches have stories from their coaching calls with their clients, our own personal coaching clients. You know, the thing is, it's okay to make a mistake. That's normal. Nobody doesn't make any mistakes, okay? It's, and the mistake might be holding that grudge over something or someone that did something, you know, that wasn't great for you. But you've got to forgive and let it go. The issue becomes recognizing what happened and what can I learn from that, right? So we're always talking about our co- this with our coaching clients. What did you learn? I joke and say, you know, what did the real estate gods want you to take away from this experience so that it sticks with them and then they don't recreate that same problem? Sometimes you actually create that for yourself, sometimes not. So that's point number 26. Want to add anything to that, Tim? Nope, you pretty much hit it out of the park. The greatest gift you right, can give good. yourself, guys, it, it, the greatest gift you can give yourself is not um, holding grudges, not uh, just releasing it. And, you know, a lot of people just say forgive, you know, just forgive everybody that wrongs you. And th- essentially doing that, again, as Julie said, frees you. But the mistake is that if you forget that that person wronged you in the first place. So, yeah, right. you can forgive them because that liberates you of that sort of, you know, that karma. It liberates you from that weightiness negativity but but don't don't let them do it to you again don't ever let them do it to you again because they will um so forgive but never forget and the next point um is an interesting point before julie reads well go ahead and read it julie because i have some statistics yeah, to I back think it's it interesting up too. okay perfect mm-hmm. so point number 27 drugs are just plain stupid don't be what the 20 percent of the population is using some drug to make themselves feel a certain way at least 20 percent of everyone you meet is, yes, indeed, stoned on something. I know that's a shockingly high statistic, Tim, but I think you've got some facts on that, don't you? Well, I'm uh, on uh, allergy medicine right now, and so are you, Julie. <laughs> We're not talking about those yeah. types of drugs. Or, you know, no. the, the, that's a necessity right? drug in Austin. Exactly. You guys, are, yeah, you guys are around Austin, you know what I'm talking about. Cedar trees, oh, my God, those things are a plague of mankind. Anyway, so uh, drugs are something that you guys are obviously knowing, seeing. It's not new information. Some of you are probably using them right now, um, and it's going to be an increasing problem for a whole bunch of reasons. You're going to see more people becoming more addicted to things like prescription drugs and things of that nature. So um, you've got to be really, really conscientious if any time you get anything, including a prescription from a doctor, you've got to be thinking about whether or not that's going to be something that is, uh, you know, smart for you. Because if you're having a little pain or discomfort, maybe you just, you know, take some over-the-counter stuff that's not addictive. Because a lot of the benzos and all this other type of stuff, that really wants you, sometimes you get addicted to it. And, and research all this stuff if you're interested in it. But the real bottom line is, is, I hate to quote Nancy Reagan, but she had it right. Just say no. And if you are addicted to something right now, if that's something that you know is true, 
And, you know, I, there are a lot of – in realtor, you go to a realtor event, and there's always people that are, you know, half drunk on drugs, smell like pot. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, it's not – especially if you go out west. I mean, yeah, and it's not that unusual. Um, well, what effect is that having – your need to want to feel a certain way, what effect is that having on the rest of your life, on your ability to actually accomplish anything? What effect is that having on – you know, you guys, these are just things that really are best avoided to begin with. So literally – just avoid all kinds of drugs, um, and don't be surprised when you find and you see that it's becoming more and more socially acceptable uh, for people to have some, you know, uh, some mild addiction or heavy addiction to something. It, I think culturally, unfortunately, we're headed down a path where that's going to become more normal, um, and the way you succeed is to avoid anything that's going to cloud your ability to stay focused help people, and obviously move towards the accomplishment of your goals. You guys read biographies, hopefully. You will rarely find anybody that's successful at anything in life that had any sort of drug problem as part of their, uh, you know, tapestry of success. So the next point, and that 27, number 27 should have been self-evident, but here's 28 is kind of confusing. I'm going to read this, um, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. So point number 27 is your feelings you can tell I wrote these points too, guys. <laughs> Those of you who have been listening for a while, <laughs> these sound like Tim points, not Julie points, they especially do. Point, point number 28. Uh, point number 28, your feelings are, are weak and ever-changing. They will betray you. Don't wait to feel a certain way before you take action. Working out, saving, prospecting, whatever, are rarely things you look forward to doing. You rarely feel like it. What happens when you start doing it? You know, what happens actually when you get into the actions of doing it? So here, here's the thing about emotions, and this is this is very fascinating. And I've seen this happen, you know, I mean, Julie and I used to, everyone used to, until you really come to the awareness that, you know, your feelings betray you. All of us have this uh, tendency to just work when we feel like working, or rather work at a high level when we feel like working, Right. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. You have this natural high, not like point number 27 when you're on drugs, but you have this natural energy flow. Things just seem to be coming to you. You know, everything's clicking. You look, you're standing tall. You're looking great. Well, okay. So then you basically are all of a sudden finding that you're able to attract all kinds of opportunities to you. You know, it just seems like all the stars are in alignment. Hopefully all of you have experienced that at least for a short while in your lives. So you know what I'm talking about. Okay, well, here's what happens is many times – you guys will only do the real work in this business, or any business for that matter, when you feel a certain way. So if you're waiting around to feel that version, of, that elated version of yourself before you actually take actions to, to you know, do the things you don't want to do, then what's going to happen is you're never going to make any money. Because our feelings are constantly, constantly changing. Just in the past 18 minutes that all of us have been together on our little podcast, our radio show here, Right. 100,000 of you are probably listening either in replay or live. So here, here's what happened. During the past 18 minutes, how many times have your, has, have your emotions changed? Have you, I mean, just think about it. If you're not paying attention and you're meandering and you're looking at you know, other stuff online or you know, you're driving, as I know a lot of you do, I bet you just in the past 30 seconds your emotions have changed. Maybe you've gone from angry to happy to excited to, you know, whatever, right? So that's the thing. Our emotions, our feelings, if we're relying on our feelings to be essentially the leading dog to us taking action, right? If we're waiting for our feelings to happen in a certain way before we actually take action, we're never going to take action. So here's what happens. Successful people know this. 
all of you probably know this intuitively. You just maybe been waiting for someone to remind you. That's what I assume is true with most of our points. So when you get into action, have you ever noticed that then your feelings will often follow your actions? For example, working out is the best example. You know, so <laughs> I never feel like working out and neither does Julie, but we do it every single day. Um, and so, you know, I don't feel like working out. I really don't feel like working out. I just don't want to do it. I can think of a million things. Okay, so I get into action and doing it. And let's say I set aside a half hour, five, ten minutes into it, then all of a sudden my emotional state has changed. So I didn't wait for my emotions to motivate me to get into action. I took the actions and then my emotions followed. I can give you guys zillions of examples on how this is true. The main thing is you've got to remember, it goes back to that you know trademark saying that Julie and I have, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That is really sort of an entanglement of all these points. But this point about not waiting to feel a certain way and understanding that your feelings will betray you, it's really important. I mean, if you're hungry right now, if you have low blood sugar, or if you just had a you know, big cup of you know, straight coffee, right? You are feeling a certain way that will wear off, that will change, that will dissipate. That's normal and natural. And for you, again, you cannot wait for you to accomplish certain things in life based on how you feel. Do it anyway and do it at a high level and do it consistently, and then the feelings will follow. And then what happens is there's a lot of ebbs and flows. It's like a tug-of-war between, you know, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it versus just waiting to feel a certain way. That is a constant tug-of-war that you'll feel, and it's really sometimes it can be physically draining as you try to break yourself free at this dependency on this need to feel a certain way before you take certain positive actions. But what will eventually happen is your efforts, your actions will start getting reinforced by your results, and then you'll start to realize, because you're living a different version of yourself, that what we've been preaching to you guys is true that you don't have to wait to feel a certain way to get a certain result, and then your emotional state completely elevates. You're no longer feeling ups and downs. You're on a constant, you know, you're not real excited or real down low. You're on a con- you said at another point, Julie, it's too soon, too soon to tell, but we'll talk about that on another yeah. video show. But you're on a constant level boiling point, and you're no longer, you, you feel free. You're, you're liberated from your emotional need to feel a certain way before you do certain things. And that is incredible because then all of a sudden you start to realize that I actually do have control of what the results I get in life. I do have control of the experiences I can have, whereas before it was maybe for 30 minutes in the morning on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. You know, if, if you're, it's sunny. You know, if it's sunny out. But as soon as you realize that no matter where you are, no matter what the weather is, what the political situation is, what the weather or whatever, you can put yourself in a state where you can produce results for yourself, that is freedom. That's the very definition of knowing that you've become self-reliant. So hopefully this resonates with all of you now because you can get that, especially hopefully with uh, reminding you of the example of using uh, you know, workouts. Okay, Julie, point number 29. Point number 29, stay in your three-foot world. What does that mean? Well, the only things you really can affect are those things literally within three feet of you. 
everything else is in your head. It's made up. It's fear-based. It's conjecture. I was just on a coaching call talking about this, that agents are great at making up stories. Okay? You don't know anything about anything unless somebody tells you point blank, this is my situation. So control what's around you, your environment. Control. I mean, some of you guys, all we have to do is look at your car. We can stay within that little radius of what's going on with you. If I was a buyer client, would I be comfortable hanging out with you in your car? Are there McDonald's bags everywhere, right? Your three-foot world, that's your desk. It's your prospecting area, your lead follow-up area. Are you surrounded by your goals, your dream boards? Are you using the whiteboard technique that we teach you in our Coaching Essentials class, for example? That's your three-foot world. That's what you can control. Everything else is basically made up. So as long as you're controlling that, Wherever your three-foot world is right this second, maybe you're about to go to Starbucks for you know, coffee and, and lunch. Put your name tag on when you go there so people can say, hey, gosh, you know, you're know, you a, a REMAX agent. How's real estate? You can control what is immediately around you and upon you. Everything else is just conjecture. So when you really come to terms with that, that that's the stuff you can control. And I think a lot of perfectionist-type uh, agents – have an issue with this, Tim. I have a lot of conversations with our more analytical crowd that uh, they can't control everything in real estate. Well, no, you can't. You can control your three-foot world. So our last and final point, number 30. Well, Julie, Julie, yes. make sure you're on chat. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that point came from a book I was reading about um, the Navy SEALs. And the story goes that what a SEAL who was training basically to be a SEAL was up this rear, real uh, sheer cliff. And he essentially basically was kind of freaking out. And the, um, the guy who was like, you know, he described him as like a billy goat, who was the instructor, you know, basically came over to him. And so this, you know, seal was essentially kind of freaking out on the side of the sheer cliff, couldn't go up, couldn't go down, was, was essentially in like a mini panic mode. This is a seal, so keep that in mind. So, again, the instructor comes over, and the way he describes it in the book is funny, but the essence of it was, he said, uh, you have to focus on nothing that's beyond your actual reach. So he asked the seal, he said, so how far out, reach, how far out can you reasonably reach around you in, the, in this present moment as you're climbing up this cliff? And the guy said, well, about three feet. He goes, so that's all you focus on. You focus on where you're going to put your hand next. You focus on where you're going to put your foot next. Just focus on immediately what is around you. You're within your 36 you know inch circumference that was in essence it that was the basic advice that this you know rock climbing guru gave to this navy seal and then he was able to you know complete the climb and so the seal then said he realized that that was actually a philosophy of life that if you just focus on what's literally physically around you in a three-foot circumference that means that you're present to what your your immediate surroundings because you've realized that the only thing you could truly have an effect on, a positive effect on, is your immediate environment. Is the phone in front of you? Is the lead to follow up? Is the this, the that, the other? So all the other things that Julia was touching on are not even worth thinking about because you cannot have an effect on them. They're in your head. They're stuck in your head. They're things that are just holding you back. They're things that are basically clouding your ability to think clearly. So practical, as we like to keep it on this radio show, whatever is within 36 inches of you right now is the only thing you can have a positive effect on. It's the only thing you can really change. So everything that's beyond that 36 inches, forget about. Don't think about. Don't have it control you. Don't think about the future. Don't think about the past. Think about immediately what's around you, what you can be doing right now. 
again, that's a liberating thought because what it does is it detaches you from a lot of the, which rolls into the next point, uh, ego-based fears that a lot of us basically suffer from. So point number 30, and then we're done with this uh, topic, is fear is ego. Know the difference between psychological fear and real fear. Modern man's fear comes from our lizard brain's chemical reactions, over, in other words, overreactions. And so I'll break this down so that you guys can understand it doesn't seem too weird. Um, so back when we were, you know, coexisting with other humanoids on this planet and different things were trying to eat us and different things were trying to, you know, kill our families and all the rest of it, and you would hear something and you'd feel this spike of fear. This is, you know, prehistoric you, right? And you'd feel, well, guess what? That fear was friggin' justified because there's a saber-toothed tiger that was about to eat you. That's real fear, okay? So your brain, our brains, developed a mechanism that allows us to react instantly to things that actually might be, you know, life-threatening. That's fear. Modern version of that is if you're walking down the street in Manhattan and all of a sudden, you know, you accidentally step off the curb and some taxi literally almost, you know, runs over your leg, that's real fear. You guys hopefully don't have to experience real fear too frequently in your lives. That's fear. Ego fear, also known as psychological fear, is what you guys experience virtually every single waking second of your lives, and that is ego. In other words, it's not real. So, for example, the fear that, say, the prehistoric version of you would have felt when you hear uh, a twig break behind you as you're walking through the jungle hunting bunny rabbits or whatever, you know, worried that something's about to eat you, okay, that is real fear. But that same exact chemical reaction uh, that, that sound triggers in your head that then essentially, you know, goes through your brain and then manifests in a, a, a certain physical reaction, a physiological reaction, that still exists in all of us, you see? So we have this mechanism in place that's, uh, you know, designed so that we can essentially uh, get away from things that might cause us harm. You're with me, right? But isn't it interesting that that same exact mechanism is triggered, you feel virtually the same exact way, if I, if I were to challenge you right now to pick up the phone and call a for sale by owner or an expired, or if I were to challenge you to basically do something you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level, then all of a sudden your brain starts panicking. You literally start feeling the same anxiety as that, you know, prehistoric you would have at fear of being eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. It's the exact same chemical, physiological reaction. So what you have to realize, and point, 28, or point 29 and 30 really tie nicely together, is that once you, again, accept the fact that the fear that you feel, unless it's something that's going to cause you to avoid a life or, life or death situation, that fear is psychological fear. It is ego fear. In other words, it's something that you're creating inside of yourself, which, again, should be liberating because that means you can actually free yourself from it because it's a choice. So if you can then start to, and it's a process, but you can do it, when you can start actually feeling the very millisecond that your body starts to manifest that physiological reaction, you can then choose not to allow it to happen. So you can actually learn and train yourself to feel when the fear, uh, ego fear starts to manifest in you, and then millisecond you feel it, you don't have to react to it. You can then choose not to allow it to continue to go and, and, and essentially become more intense. You can absolutely absolutely positively with a little bit of training you can actually feel it see it coming on 
and just observe it, uh, decide not to react to it, and then you can keep more of a level head. You guys know and admire people that have this uncanny ability to stay calm, to stay self-assured, even in stressful environments, is because they have learned to master the psychological ego fear. They probably still fear or feel the fear that you do, but they just have trained themselves not to react to it. Okay? Guys, that means, again, when you start awakening to this, what we're describing to you, that allows you to break free of that psychological fear, you can put yourself in a position where you can help a lot more people at a higher level. You all of a sudden aren't, like, you know, feeling that constant panic wave of panic at the idea of picking up the phone or doing something you don't want to do. All of a sudden, that thing that was holding you back before, that feeling in the pit of your stomach that had been omnipresent in your life to this very moment, all of a sudden it becomes a choice. And so you don't have to react to it, meaning you now have broken through to the next level. Okay? Again, some of you, this is really resonating. I know you're getting it. If you want to pursue this more, email me directly and I'll turn you guys on to some books. It's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Others of you, I've hopefully just planted the seed and if you just allow it to germinate a little bit, it can start to grow in you and you can break free of that as well. It is absolutely necessary uh, for you guys to build wealth, for you to go to the next level, for you to master this last point, point number 30. You have to understand it. You have to basically make it something that you can control or you can choose to react to or not because sometimes you might be in a situation where you're going to go on a competitive listing appointment and you're competing against a lot of great agents and you want that fear to manifest because all of a sudden it makes you more frosty. It makes you more focused. It makes you more, you know, a little bit better at what you would normally do. But the key is to make it so you can choose to have that reaction or not versus just basically, you know, basically reacting to this sort of a, a constant loop of psychological ego-based fear. If there's anything we can ever do for you guys, obviously reach out. We've given you tons of ways to do it. We love to help agents. It's basically our life's mission. The better we make you guys at your jobs, the better we you know, help you guys to understand what a gift this industry is, what a gift your life is, the more impact you can have on other people around you in your own three-foot world, your clients, your family members, then we've lived our life's mission. If there's anything we can do for you at any time, request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Or always, you can email Julie or I directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.